Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for how you orchestrate all things. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the beautiful weather we had yesterday and today even. You are the, the giver of life. You are the giver of the sun and the warmth from the sun. You are the giver of plants and flowers and everything that blooms in the springtime into summer. You are the one who created the earth and all the beauty that we see in the earth. So we thank you, Lord, that you are the great creator. You created us out of dust. You are the one that gave us life. You are the one that gave us eternal life through Christ on the cross. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you grant us each and every day, the provisions you give us. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, that guides us, that directs us, that focuses us on you. You are our highest priority, Lord. And I pray that this body of believers is continually striving to be more Christ-like, serving you, glorifying you, and worshiping you and you alone. May we quiet our hearts and our minds today. May we focus on your word as it's taught from the pulpit. May we worship and glorify him who died on the cross for our sins. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What an outstanding greeting. It was a common greeting that Paul used in a lot of his epistles. It's a shame, in my opinion, that we don't speak like that today. Instead, we have the formal and eloquent greetings of, hey, morning, sup. And if we're lucky, howdy. We don't talk like Paul did, do we? Grace to you and peace. If you think about it, this greeting is a greeting that was emphasized on the recipient. That was interest in the recipient, not just on ourselves, not just to get the formality out of the way. It was also a blessing on the person. It was showing extreme interest in their well-being. Talk about loving one another. Or how about Peter in his first epistle? May the grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Not just, hey, here's a little nugget for you. The fullest measure. How amazing is that? Peace is something that everybody wants. They search for, but many will never find it. Some people go to great lengths to find peace, only to find a temporary euphoria. Worldly peace is, in a general sense, tranquility or without war and hostility. Nobody really likes war and conflict, though many benefit from it. In the beginning, there was no conflict. That is, until sin entered the world. Sin by nature, by definition, is conflict. It is disobedience, it is hostility, and it is war against our Creator. So as sin entered the world, creating conflict between mankind and God, it also introduced conflict between man and man. It's easy to see how sin is the root of every evil, every major conflict, and every war. Our Heavenly Father could have let mankind destroy itself. However, as a display of his endless grace and mercy, he made a way for us to obtain peace through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. As believers, we have peace, not because of anything that you or I have done. 
We have peace because of God's love for us, sending his son as an atonement and to redeem us while we were enemies of God, actively hating him. By his grace, he called us and saved us and gave us his peace. In reference to peace, Thomas Watson, a Puritan preacher and author, has this to say. It, peace, has the whole trinity for its author. God the Father is the God of peace, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. God the Son is the Prince of peace, Isaiah 9.6. And peace is said to be the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. First, God the Father is the God of order, and therefore he is the God of peace. Second, the Son, Christ, is the purchaser of peace. Colossians 1.20, having made peace by the blood of his cross. And three, peace is a fruit of the Spirit. He seals up peace in the conscience. The Spirit clears up the work of grace in the heart from whence arises peace. Thus, you see, whence this peace comes, the Father decrees it, the Son purchases it, and the Holy Ghost applies it. Jesus was pretty clear in the Gospel of John where true peace comes from. John 16, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you have peace. In the world you have tribulation, and that we do. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Take courage. Wow. Christ has overcome this evil world. We have peace through Christ. John 14, 27, referencing the helper, the Holy Spirit. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Peace I leave with you. Christ left the Holy Spirit for every believer, the agent of peace. I would be remiss if I did not bring up Romans 5. Romans 5, 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace through God, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace, and it is a gift. Seeking peace, some people go on pilgrimages. They will go to great extents to seek the Dalai Lama. Some will climb mountains. Now, I climb mountains for a different reason, and it is peaceful. It is quiet until you run into a mountain lion or a bear. Then peace dissipates quickly. But the Bible says you don't have to do any of those things. If you are a child of God, his peace is already living with you. Please be seated. Peace with God is our bedrock. The foundation of real, true peace. We cannot have true peace with one another if we do not have peace with God first. As Mr. Watson stated, God decreed it, the Son purchased it, and the Holy Ghost applies it. God is the origin of peace. 
but we live in a foreign world full of conflict, which is not our home. This is our pre-life. This may be just my opinion, but it seems like the world around us is getting darker and darker by the day. Wickedness is growing. Hatred is growing. But we are commanded, as it says in Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as depends on you, so far as depends on me, be at peace with all men. We are not called to hate. We are not called to judge. We are called to love even our enemies and to pursue peace as so far as it depends on us. We are called to be Christ-like, not to be friends of the world. That's on us. That's our instruction each and every day until the Prince of Peace calls us home. But until that day, how does God's peace manifest itself in your life? How is the agent of peace, the Holy Spirit, working in your life? Are you living life worried about every news story, fretting about the big and small stuff and everything in between? Or does he, God, guard your heart and your mind, as it says in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ? Surpasses all all comprehension, we can't even fathom the peace that God has given us. If you have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, if you've committed your life to Christ and are seeking to serve, worship, glorify, honor, and praise God with your life, then his peace is with you. We no longer have to throw, be thrown about by every circumstance and happening of the world. We know where our peace is, and that defines how we view the world and the chaos within it. So today, do you have confidence in the good news? Do you sit here this morning reconciled, or are you still in conflict with God? Is there still a wedge of sin between you and our Creator? Does the peace you have come from God or does it come from mindless meditation, trying to become aware of yourself, aware of your surroundings, and trying to find the inner peace or that state of zen? If your peace is not coming from God, today is the day to repent. Today is the day to be reconciled to God, to accept forgiveness, to accept the payment done on the cross, and to be reconciled back and receive eternal peace. Believers, do we live our lives appreciating the peace of God with the unmeasurable joy we have in Christ? Does that peace and joy protect you from the dark world around us? Are we here this morning just to check off a box, just to fellowship with other believers, or are we here to praise, honor, and glorify the ultimate peacemaker? Is it any wonder in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Are you a peacemaker? Does the peace of God free you from anxieties in this world? God has granted you his grace. God has granted his grace to every repentant sinner. And through the cross, the debt was paid. 
Believers are no longer slaves to sin. We are declared righteous in God's eyes. And through continual sanctification, we are being made more like Christ every day. If you want to understand more about peace with God, read A Body of Divinity by Thomas Watson. Read Ephesians 1. Read Romans 5. Read 1 John. Grace to you and peace from our God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. I know you've all saying it is well with your soul. But deep down, is it truly well with your soul? 2 Thessalonians 3.16 Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all.